You're listening to the Red Diamond Warrior, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 78 of the Red Diamond Courier. I'm here with you as always, your good, good friend, Bob Chichinsky. Wow, that was really weird how I did that, but that's that's okay. Because now I'll just be like with my, my co-host, Dog Park 24 Dog, how's it going this week? It's uh, doing okay. How's you? I'm doing good, man. I'm all sorts, apparently. But that's that's good, because we're here on Christmas weekend, having a great time, here to talk about the uh, the year of ESO. And, of course, we can't do talk about such a wide-ranging topic without our good, good friend, Graham Tondryad. Welcome back, my man. Thank you for being here. We absolutely love having you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, and I'm really excited for today's topic. Awesome! Yes, I am too, man. It's uh, end of the year. Crazy that it comes so it comes faster every year, and that seems to be crazy, but it it's true. So, what are we here to talk about? We are here to talk about, uh, you know. A little bit of concerns about this year, a little bit of positives about this year, and a lot of bit of was this year the best or worst year for Elder Scrolls Online? And we are going to all give our opinions. We would love to hear your opinions. Of course, you guys can reach out to us on all our social medias. We have a couple opinions to bring into it, I think, from our, our Twitter poll. And yeah, other than that, um, we are going to uh, we're going to dole it out for you this year, 2021. We're going to talk about it. A lot happened in ESO, a lot. So we're going to start it off as usual. Got a little bit of news to go over, a little bit of PvP, and then we're going to right into the meat of the stuff. So dog. Let's talk, brother. What's going on in the news? All right, so uh, Matt Fire's uh, end-of-year letter came out recently. It starts out with saying, uh, one of our goals for 2021 was to right the ship a bit when it came to major update launches, and with our focus on stability and better launches, we succeeded. The launches in 2020, especially Greymore, were rough and resulted in far too much un- unexpected downtime. So even though there's always room for improvement, we are in a much better place now uh, since 2021's updates have launched far more smoothly. Now, personally, I wouldn't say this year's releases were an improvement from last year. Uh, I'd say that, that they are actually worse, but I'm taking to the fact that there are that there have been many huge inconveniences or parts of the game that is just broken at some points of time after some of the releases. And I think Matt Fire is talking about like server downtime as uh, being improved from last year, but I can't remember like how much the server's downtime was from last year because that was last year. Yeah, I mean there was just like like there's bugs this year after releases, but like there were some really bad ones last year, especially like I'm thinking like Markarth. 
there was like some light attack stuff going on after that there was like game breaking for a lot of people and uh i remember there's like graymore they had to push back the release for a bit and then there was like you know the like strife within america going on you know a lot of crap so they pushed it back more and it was like uh and then after that still was like glitchy and it was like oh you pushed back oh so long but you know i don't know so i mean i think maybe in that sense they were just slightly smoother like there wasn't so many hiccups right after even though there was they all brought their own bugs as each updates tend to do on mmos wide ranging i've found but uh but yeah, I think that's kind of I I I see what you're saying there, but I see where he's coming from. And then a few lines down, it continues with, "We also debuted companion NPCs in ESO, which have proven to be a remarkably popular feature, and sits proudly in the group of solid systems we added we added to the game over the years, such as like justice system, assassinations, arenas, and antiquities, just to name a few." And I want to exactly say antiquities are solid. I think that they have been working properly for maybe two full weeks out of the one and a half years that they've been out. And I know a lot of the, my Xbox guilds, uh, that's something that's kind of been pointed out. I'm like, oh, is this going to work? Like, antiquities is still broken. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it seems like, like, are you guys, you know, I just, it's so sad that it's just broken on console. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, it's just a notification thing, which is like a small thing, but I so wouldn't which be saying, like, hey, what? this is working awesome. Like, this is awesome. But, but, like, what is it like? So, when you pick up a lead for the notification, you don't see, or like, you don't see the notification, like, on no, screen. Like, it so, uh, you get the notification on screen, then you go to your journal. Then you go to like antiquities, and if it's like not something that's part of a big one, like if you get your normal green, blue, purple, mm-hmm. like the notification for the green, blue, purple of each zone, you can go over it and it won't go away until you actually go do it. And the thing with the green, blue, purple for every zone is that it always happens. Like you're always going to get a new lead because that's how it kind of works. So. So, like, the notification, like, is just on your screen? Yeah, it just keeps popping up forever. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I hate notifications, so I try to clear everything out because... That's really weird. Oh, okay. So, in your journal, like, the... You're saying, like, when you go into your journal, it's got the little exclamation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't have that at all. I've never had that. Just when something is brand new, until I, like, log off... Or go yeah, to, right? like yeah, that's the only way to fix it. That's like, the only one I've ever out. seen, but I've never seen any of the old ones. But I also have only done antiquities on a single character. Yeah, and I think I historically had done all of those green, blue, purples, like in every zone. So maybe yeah. I've done them once. But that's interesting. Yeah, I never uh, came across that. Yeah, I am a guy that likes to clear out my exclamation points. I must say. So. <laughs> Yeah, you can count me in on that too. <laughs> so I I feel that pain. Maybe your uh, your fancy new Series X will help you out with that, there, dog. Uh, maybe. maybe. Maybe we'll see. Dog got a dog got a new Xbox, so <laughs> he'll have a 
we'll have a whole new you know report for uh 2022 here the first week but we'll, we'll save that so that's awesome uh i did enjoy that letter what did you guys think of his little like oh we're gonna be going into a uh you know zone where we haven't really got to delve into yet do you guys have any like small little predictions right out from off that um i'm thinking like a red guard or Breton story based yeah. thing that seems Maybe to be Imperial. the Ooh, that would be sexy. I could go for some Imperial. Yeah, it'd be kind of like that, uh, what, Western Tamrielic area. I love Western Cyrodiil. Yeah, Western Cyrodiil, Hammerfell. Oh, man. God, I love Cyrodiil so much. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. um, I've also noticed that when I was doing the... um, New life stuff. There was the like Akatosh thing and whatever the Soul Fire Dragon, whatever the thing for next year, I assume. So that's very, um, like I think of the the Kavach, um, okay, stuff. Yeah. And you know they they had the um, Hourglass whatever thing going on. I forget the right. name, but yeah. So I think. Definitely, it could that goes in line with that sort of Western Cyrodiil borderlining, uh, um, Hamfell and so forth. So that's that that could be interesting. It's hard to say. I mean, a lot yeah. of times we usually are really close, so yeah, I know, right? But I'm like, would they do a little extension of Cyrodiil like twice in a row though? I mean, it's like either that, or you could do like uh, Merkmeyer Argonian stuff, or like no, 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 don't say that. Don't or no. stuff. Stop. Like you are. <laughs> I don't De- want any of it. Definitely, though. I mean, obviously, like this year, they took us um, part of it, you know, outside of even like Nern, you know, so much of the Deadlands. But if you look at the world map. They're the largest empty space, like the largest single mass is that, you know, that area like west of Cyrodiil and yeah. southern Hammerfell. Like that's the biggest empty gap. So maybe. Yeah. So like we we got a little bit of like Cyrodiil and Argonian this year. Maybe we got to get some Cyrodiil and uh, uh, you know, like, yeah. Cyrodiil Lords, Cyrodiil Redguards. Cyrodiil Redguards. Zero red guard is kind of what I'm yeah. feeling, man. Because think yeah. think about how much red guard stuff has really been touched upon. I mean, it's pretty much the Alec here, <gasps> and then a few Alec other here, things here, or there. Southern Banker Eye and Craghorn. Yeah. And then they could bring back my home girl from freaking Southern Elsewhere, who is half Imperial, half Red Guard, and she <laughs> could be the main character. Oh, there you go. Oh my God! Please, why can't I remember her name? She's so badass. She plays a little pan flute. Like, uh, oh man, what what a badass. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, we got to have our own predictions episode for 2022 for sure. So we'll save that. But uh, if you guys have predictions on that stuff too, make sure to come uh, come let us know, man. I want to hear from the community more. Let's make it a thing in 2022. You guys, come yell at us more. We got Twitter. We've got. Uh, our own discord we're on robots radio discord we just had 
a dude hit us up in the Robots Radio Discord today. I'm scrolling to it. I'm scrolling to it. And he was just the coolest guy ever. And if you guys want to be also cool guys like T-Bride1680, T-Bride, T-Ribe1689, then you should come join the Robots Radio Discord, man. Chat us up. We got our own channel. And we could talk all about our predictions for uh, 2022. And uh, we got all kinds of other, you know, cool guys there, robots, Lotus, uh, all kinds of other just people talking about Aramethius. It's all awesome podcasters talking about all kinds of Elder Scrolls stuff. So come hang out with us. Come talk it up. And uh, let's talk some PvP, too, because that's what we love to do. And we're going to do that right freaking now. We're going to talk the current state of Cyrodiil. Now... Dog was pretty upset with Cyrodiil last week. It's, it's Well, it's okay. Because, you know, it's going to be a new year. So, however, Dog, he does have some good news, right? Some some magic Christmas news. Yes, there was a Christmas miracle inside of Cyrodiil. They got a patch out that fixed the Cyrodiil crashing bug so that Cyrodiil was playable again. And in result, the uh, <laughs> the Cyrodiil servers for like the next couple of days were like, Greyhost was like Q locked again, or pop locked again. Wow. So, yeah. That's so awesome, man. I love it. I straight love it. I gotta say. Fix Cyrodiil, people play. It's <laughs> it, it, like, if there is any freaking one person that is even like the janitor at Zoss working that listens to this podcast that has any slight like you just could let someone know there that is higher up people love pvp and we will play it we will play it i swear to goodness if you invest in it people will play it so don't give up on it because look at this you give you give him the fix, and from one week to the next, dog is there's like one bar population constantly. No one could play; it's pointless. Give it a fix, boom, pop locked all over again. That's freaking. That's on console. That's the Xbox community straight up saying, "Please, please, please, let us play PvP." And I just like that's our plea. That's that's our from the Xbox family straight to and PS4 too, because judging by these scores, like they uh you know things have changed in a week's time or you know from last episode to now, so it's really cool. And let's get right into the scores. Uh, Gray host talking PC servers first. NA, it's still pretty fresh. 24 days left, which is over three weeks. So we are talking DC in the lead. DC in the lead. 21.1K. That's what I'm talking about. Way to go, guys. Looking out. AD in second, 19.8K. And EP right behind them, 17.8K. So still close running. In EU, AD's got the lead, 19.9K. DC at 17.4k and EP in last 15.7k EP. I never see them last on both servers. That is, they must be just be taking a Christmas break, like for sure. Yeah, it's possible. 
It's probable, dog. Yeah. All right. All right. So, dog, Xbox, how's it going, man? All right. Well, for Xbox and it's 10 days left in the campaign. We have AD in first with 77K, DC in second with 56K, and EP in last with 49K. And then Xbox EU has a EP in first with 77K, AD in second with 52.8K, and DC in last with 48K. Oh, come on, man. We're doing so good. Now we're in last. Yeah. Well, I guess EP had to not be in last one time. <laughs> and then on PlayStation for NA, we've got Evan Hart in first. There you go. So now they're leading too. 72K for them. 80 in second. 60K. DC in last again. Bringing up the caboose. 56K. Then on the EU side of things, we got DC in the lead. DC in the lead, 65.6K. Ebonheart Pact right behind him, 58.2K. I'm right behind. Like, that's not right behind. That's not even close. It's a pretty wide gap. It's a good job, Daggerfall Covenant. Talk about right behind. We're talking Aldmary Dominion. That was hard to say. I don't know. I think I was going for A, and then just Aldmary came out. But, you know, it is what it is. All Married Dominion, 56.5K. Bringing up the rear. Still time, though. Still time. 10 days. Last week, DC was in last by 7K. Now they're leading by 7K. So if you want to tell me that there wasn't a huge influx of players within the last week after that hot patch, come on. Come at me. Come tell me that there wasn't. Because I... Have the stats right here, thanks to Dog and not myself. But regardless, the stats are the stats, people. This is facts. PvP players want to play, and they're having a great time. And I just, I, I'm brimming with happiness to see that. Honestly, not just because DC's in the lead, but because it's awesome. So yeah, and uh, that's all. Uh, before I keep rambling, that's all I gotta say. What do you think, Graham? What do you think, man? general opinion about uh pvp in general or you know yeah about them like getting out a patch that just took pvp from nothing to fullness on console and just that's awesome that's a christmas magic yeah i think it is and uh i would love to see pvp grow even more may 2022 truly be the year of ESO PvP. Just one. Just just toss us one year. You know, even if, like, they did something cool where they changed up the recipe, like, yes, do a chapter. You know, if you want to do a dungeon or a zone, that's cool. But, like, maybe you just take one half and you just add, like, an extra PvP playground. Oh, man, dude, you can't say things like that, dude. I mean, make me get too excited. That would be amazing. It would be great. You would like they I don't even think they really realize how large of a portion of the community that would truly cater to like Imperial City was a good try, but I think they could take what they did with Imperial City and really improve on it after learning for six years. Like that was one of our first DLCs. You know, so they could really learn on how much 
uh like what people really like from that and take that and make a whole like new zone new zone they're just tossing zones all over the outside ring of the map now like let's just make one what if they just had a pvp like open world zone that was kind of like you had to go quest there too like if you wanted to do it but then it just excludes like some people who don't want a pvp and you get that whole discussion so yeah like keep like, keep uh, keep the store like I'll be honest. I don't think a lot of people who even like dungeons care about story and people who care about story usually yeah. don't care about dungeons. So like scrap part of that, the normal format recipe, do the chapter, extend the chapter into the zone. And instead of that, do PvP, maybe you do it a little differently. Like people like Cyrodiil, but Cyrodiil is huge. Maybe you do a smaller open world. It's different, but like make it more unique. So it's not quite like Imperial City where it's like a hybrid, mm-hmm. but it's somewhere like in the between the castles and stuff too. Yeah, like, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's like more expansive format of like the towns where you have to take a lot more banners or there's some areas that are like neutral zones or that's exactly like that. what i was about to say i would love to see if like you could get to a town and it's like more of a safe zone you could like pick up your quests and stuff but then once you get like a certain portion out you know into the wild then you gotta start like watching out for the people and um it would be really cool if it's still like cyrodiil where you could still have um like groups of players or like I and you know I, I am getting a little new worldy with this, but you know if you could just like oh I got my DC homie over there and like I see some AD dudes over there we could like you know team up and like fight them if we want or whatever we could just just run our own way and like go avoid them and do the quest, um which is kind of how Zero is intended to be but like you said it's so big and there's not enough people doing those like zone quests there anymore where you really get that kind of feel like there's not like an incentive to really quest in serial outside of like endeavors which has been like a good uh kind of thing like i love seeing that they include that as a daily often like go do coral quest you know but no one's gonna do that endeavor unless they you know are already doing that so um it's good but it's not enough and if they had a new small zone like that then you could really kind of cater it to like what you want and maybe um for instance Cyrodiil has limited its group size now in half. Like, we used to run on 24-player groups, and <laughs> I've actually been thinking, like, maybe I could go lead some groups again, because I like being a crown of a group, but back in the day when you're leading 24 people in a group, that is not easy. It is very, almost impossible to keep that Zerg together. So, uh, 12 might make it easier, and I haven't really tried since I got that back, but I'm even thinking if they have another, like, smaller open world zone, just cut it even further. Maybe make it, like, six people groups, or even four. Like, you know, if it's that small, there's no real reason to have larger groups than that. Um, so, and then that could, like, limit the zerging and, like, ganging up. So, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I would absolutely love to see that and i think it would really bring some life back into uh like the cadence of what they're doing because that it is getting a little like you could flex on the fact that you release so much stuff 
but there becomes a point when if you're releasing so much stuff that is just the same stuff and the same stuff and like your core players are kind of like we're looking for something a little fresh a little new that's when it's time you know i i think it may be if it's not this year then for sure the year after that they better have something new uh, because the cadence is getting a little bit tired yeah, I don't want to derail too much, but I, here's one last thought I just want to throw out to you. What if, Got like, it. they did the very beginning, they open up the exact same area, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a PvE instance. You can go around, you can quest, whatever. And, um, and the second half of the year, they create it into a PvP zone but you can pledge into the zone as a neutral party and then you're Ooh. unfactioned. I like that. So everybody like gets it's... to play in it. They get familiar with the area, what it looks like. You can do quests, whatever. And then people who still want to do it later as PVE can, but people can also just go in there and PVP. The only thing that like that immediately makes me scared of is not enough people will go to PvP unless there's like it's like has good incentive and like stuff. Like people are so very stingy. true. Yeah, they're like, well, if I'm, if there's no reason for me to PvP there, I'll just go PvP someone else. That's what I've learned, at least in New World, with that has open world PvP. They're just like, well, if I'm gonna PvP, then I'm gonna go where I could, you know, take advantage of the, you know, most uh, possible, you know, exploit their build as much as they can. So it's and that's probably what's the thing about Imperial City. You know, it's like there's not enough reason to go there and the people that do know that they're going to dominate there. So that's what kind of breaks it almost. But the whole no like going in no faction thing is pretty cool idea, especially in a game that has been so faction locked for like a long time. And uh the only thing that kind of breaks that is Battlegrounds. And they have really been struggling with Battlegrounds for a while. And they've been running tests on it all 2021, which we'll talk about later and like get into. But it's just like, yeah, it's time. Like PvP PvP needs a little love. And I, yes, you're right. We are totally straying. But uh yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. There, I hope it's something new somewhere. Yeah, I hope it's something new, and I hope it's something that involves PvP. God, I hope it does. I love ESO's PvP so much. It's so fun. It really is. Like, it's so fun. Okay, so there we go. We we had a significant PvP talk. Let it be known. That's why everyone calls us the PvP podcast. So there you go. Uh, We got the news. We talked the Matt Fibroar letter. If you haven't read it, go check it out it was straight sent to the community from the heart of the freaking uh game director that's his title he's a badass um i didn't get to meet him in vegas that's kind of a bummer but anyways i don't think he was in vegas that time i'm rambling i'm rambling okay so 
The topic is, was 2021 the best or worst year for ESO? And we're not just going to answer outright. We're going to go over a few topics. We're going to go over some of the things that uh, have really like brought to like our attention, like things that have been like, whoa. They are uh, either good or bad, just like sticking out to us a little bit. And uh, as I'm scrolling through, it's, uh, <laughs> dogs, dogs got some stuff to say. He's, his dog feels a certain way about this year, so uh, we're going to go right into it. Dog, why don't you kick us right off, my man? First topic of the night, the Elder Scrolls Online housing crisis. So uh, one thing that uh, many, many players have been asking for years is the, you know, increased furnishing slots, especially for notable, uh, notable homes, you know, if I can talk. Uh, with the ESO Plus, you have 700 traditional and 110 collectible furnishings. And that really isn't enough for the entire home. And you have to focus on what part of the home you want to uh, present. And that's for like the notable houses. Now, part of the reason why they can't add more furnishings is that last-gen consoles just can't handle it. They can barely handle the current cap, especially if a lot of visual effects going on in your home. And I can, you know, attest to that because, you know, I uh, crash a lot whenever I try to go to my house. And it's, you know, it's not good. Yeah, I mean, you only have four Call Granted <laughs> statues, like, blazing flame in your face hey. the moment you load in. God forbid <laughs> that you crash. Turn I don't them think off, that's right? what they intended those statues to do, dog. I turned them off, okay? Like, I'm still <laughs> crashing. Oh, okay, okay. Fair enough. Except for, I turned it back on because I have a Series X now and I'm good, but... Oh yeah, now you could just have to, give me some more call guarantees. I need three more, please. <laughs> Crown sale, perfect. I'll take four maroons. Only you, sure. dog. <laughs> but I don't think that this is going to be resolve uh, resolvable because until like there's a very small number of people that are playing on last gen consoles, which you know that requires there to be more next gen consoles which requires the chip shortage to not exist. So we're not going to see any kind of like increase of furnishings for like a couple years, if not more. Unless if they figure out some of the back end stuff to uh, kind of fix the housing stuff. Yeah, last time they had the housing dude, I can't remember his name, but he's a great dude. I love it every time he's on ESO uh, Live. I feel like his name starts with Brian, but actually I think I'm thinking of uh, the other dude that does uh, the combat. Anyways, the housing dude, he's really super chill, but I remember when like the community was like, we need more space, we need more space, we need more space, we need more space, in chat. And Gina was like, ah, oh, man, they're saying we need more space. And the guy's just like, looks so sad. It's just like, you know, like maybe one day just like i felt like in that moment like he really wishes that if they had they could have more space like if they could do it they would but right now they can't so yeah. i don't know yeah right now their hands it. are tied and yeah like, 
It's just impossible. Because like you said, I mean, I, I stopped even like, like when I was like, I'm going to keep playing Xbox. It's so hard to tr- keep playing when you're uh, coming back from PC and you're loading in your house and you're just crashing. Because my, and I paid a lot for my house. Like I have the nice lo- notable home I paid for with money that I'm, earned in my life and <laughs> it was very expensive and then i f- spent money that i earned in elder scrolls you know furnishing the crap out of it and money i made in real life with you know the halloween pack the christmas pack the this pack the call Granti statue all these crazy crazy things that they just keep making more of they're like oh now add all this crazy stuff to your house yeah, of course. Yes, here's my money. And then you don't load into your house and you're just like your house crashes and there or you try and move something and then you try and put it back down and it's like I can't even remember the error message cuz it's been too long, but it's like no. Pretty much. What does it say, dog? Do you remember? I don't it's like, I don't remember. It, the, it's the housing the storage memory capacity or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, yep. something like that. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't even make sense because you have extra space to put stuff down, <laughs> but the game is just like, no, nah, no. And you're just like, what the heck are you talking about? So, yeah, that's it's, it's a freaking problem. And uh, I guess it's the, these old Xboxes and PlayStations causing it at this point. But hey, yeah. you know maybe like a 2020 end of 2022 what if they just did a whole okay what if 2022 is like pvp 2023 is like revamp of housing that would be freaking wild yeah that would be a lot of back-end stuff which i think there is going to be pushed into 2022 because of covid still happening you know this year so yeah it just won't go away you know there's that all right, so uh, anything else on housing, Doug? Uh, yeah, um, one thing that guild leaders have been wanting is an option to set a house as guild hall. Uh, yeah. this would be an yeah, this would be an amazing feature, you know, just to add it to the game. It's kind of already in the game with uh, the use of add-ons, and it would allow whoever has the guild hall an option to be able to like decorate another house and be able to show off that house. And that, and you know they they'd be able to use two houses if you're a guild leader. So and you could also like select you know maybe you're not like maybe you you don't have you're you're the guild leader you don't have the uh, guild hall but you have like I don't know like your friend who has like more more of the housing stuff more of the furnishings you can have him be the guild hall person. Yeah, it would just be nice to be able to. When you're a new player in the guild roster, just be able to look at the guild and be able to guild hall. Go there. Yeah. Instead of having to scan to find the information for the name and then having to find the name and then travel. Like, it'd be great if it was just streamlined. Like, go to the guild home. That would be fantastic. And it would be really nice, too, because, like, so many of most of the guild halls are not aesthetic. They're very functional. So you have the rows of like crafting tables and stuff. And if like that was my home, like I would like to show off my own home 
but I can't if I'm the guild house, you know? So yeah, you oh, kind of never really thought of that. That's a, that's a bummer right there. Yeah. Like you could still make your own visit, but you can't make it your primary because then you, you lose the guild house. So you can have all your homes, but you can't show anybody them ever. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, that's true. That's I, you just got to be like designate someone who's not ever going to do housing, like yeah. buy them a big house and just, fill it with crap and be like yeah. oh, i guess i trust you <laughs> which is why i really liked what dog said like they get two like once you make this the guild house it's no longer your primary residence like so yeah or even like that party. doesn't have to be your primary at all like it's yeah, just maybe like your a guild, maybe a guild yeah. gets one of their choosing no mm. matter what period and then people can go and, you know impact it or something yeah it's a really cool idea yeah, I, yeah, now that I'm thinking that, that might be kind of tough. It might have to be like the guild master can say one of his houses as the guild hall. Or maybe it can be a permission you set. Like the certain rank can set one of their houses as the guild hall. But yeah. then you would still have a conflicting thing of like people like trying to like set their own house over each other. So I'm trying to well, think how you there can There are certain things that. that only the guild leader can do. Yeah, but how could the guild leader set someone else's house as a guild hall? You know what I'm saying? Maybe from inside the house, like if they travel to it. Yeah. Well, and, like you could give them permission to like be able to set something as like the guild hall. Kind of like. Uh, and just like single priority. out. But then you would have to have that certain player be a certain rank. Yeah. I mean. Oh, like so really a guild hall. Oh, but. Uh, well, yeah, well, I, a lot well, of are, ranks are unlimited too, though. So you know, some some guilds yeah. have full ranks. Um, yeah, but a lot of the guilds that I'm in have like, oh, this is the guild hall rank because it's you know they like, put it up towards the top. So you're like, oh, these are the guild leaders. Okay, it's that one. That's who. That's the guild hall. That that does make sense because, like, as we were saying earlier, sometimes, especially being a new member, like if the dude in your <laughs> Guild has the guild hall and his like gamer tag is Lozano. You know, you got a lot of scrolling to do if there's 500 members, or you know, like because you could go for, like if it's Zenario with a Z, then you could just tap it to the bottom. But if it's right <laughs> in the middle, then you're screwed either way. So you got a lot of scrolling, and if God forbid they're offline, then you really just gotta like divide it by alphabetical and just scroll. So um yeah i don't know there's there is a solution maybe this that's kind of like the fun you know uh theoretical problems they're dealing with i guess but yeah uh you know i don't know this they they did a lot of uh quality of life stuff this year that no one was expecting but stuff they've been asked for for a long time so maybe it's just like the pipeline has been slowly filling and filling and filling and stuff is starting to finally trickle out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as we're talking about, like, you know, the issues with the guild hall itself, uh, now there's like even less and less furnishings that you're able to use because just like the total numbers of all the stuff that you have to like have for like, a you know, nice, big functional guild hall. Like, First off, like you need like six right now with the Deadlands update, there are 68 total crafted sets in the game. 
That means 272 attunable tables. That's a third of a notable home's like furnishings thing with ESO plus. That's insane. Yeah, that insane is definitely a good word for it. Yeah, then you like you have like the basic stations at the entrance for convenience. You have your banker, merchant, armory, armory station, uh, cooking fire, alchemy, enchanting, outfitting, transportation, 13 Wonder Stones, training dummies. There's usually a three mil, the trial dummy, a clockwork dummy, and or a zombie, which has like 250k, 300k health. And then lastly, the banker and merchant. And all of that adds up to 300 furnishings dedicated. 297 <laughs> are traditional. That's an insane amount. Yeah. Yeah, one of the solutions for this that has been brought up is that you could add a table that combines all four of the attunables into one. That way, instead of 272 slots, you have 68 slots. You know, you cut into a fourth. A counter-argument to this has been it, it's floor-breaking and not immersive. Which, my opinion on that is that all of ESO technically happens in the same year. We've had, like, seven uh, New Life festivals, seven <laughs> Witches festivals, and no one really bats an eye about how it's lore-breaking. We're also in a dragon break, so... Well, the, I don't... There you go, the year just keeps repeating, dog. <laughs> yeah, so... It, I think that's a good, like, solution, but... Especially as, like, uh... Because you can't add stuff because of, you know, last-gen consoles being a problem. So it's... Definitely a tricky situation. Yeah, tricky situation. Something they need to fix. That would be an awesome fix. I don't think they're ever going to do that, though. There's just no way they would ever combine the tables because it's part of the economy at this point. Well, you could, like, you'd have to, like, use all four into one. That's kind of my thought. Like, you'd have to somehow, like, craft it or something. That's so antiquated and complicated. It's pointless. Well, it's just like these the the fancy uh what is it? All the, like the everything you have to combine. Yeah, everything you have thing. to do for the tickets. <laughs> yeah, just like pick them all up, like take uh, ten things and combine them into one, and then you'll have something that <laughs> you combine the next thing into, and then you combine ten of the next thing, and then boom. You'll have one thing. What the heck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Combine things, yes, yes, yes. But yeah, man, I, I feel you. I think that uh, housing should be uh, definitely one of the, like, as well as PvP, housing should be one of the next focal points for sure. Gramathon, I know you love your housing. Yeah, I uh, I think it definitely can use, you know, some improvement. For me, I feel like I care more about the um, special collectible slots than I do traditional furnishings. So I never have enough of those. I wish I could play with the ratio a bit. Even if I would have to give, like, two traditional slots for an additional, like, 
collectible one. I think that would be really nice, especially since we continuously get more and more busts and heads and stuff of all these really cool, you know, right. bosses that we kill and things like that. Yeah. But, no, I've totally yeah. feel you on that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's uh, get keep going right on into some more 2021 stuff. ESO life that happened this year for that. We want to talk some robots radio stuff and I'll just keep it brief. Why don't you go check out robotsradio.net? There's over 20 amazing shows. One's like us to talk Elder Scrolls. One's to talk Fallout. One's to talk Destiny. One's to talk freaking i don't even know i don't there's so many just go you should probably go check and tell me about it um anyways robotsradio.net but big week this is special spotify now has ratings and you can go on and look at the red diamond courier type is in I do it all the time. You probably only have to type red diamond. That's what we really, you know, went for. If you put in red diamond and scroll the podcast, I bet you find us. And you should go try it right now and prove me wrong. Oh, that's right. I bet you found us. So, go click our name. Boom, rating right there. Five stars. They just came out and we want to be the best freaking one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're all the best. It's very important, I swear. And I'll never talk about it in the middle of the episode again. Because I know you're all going to do it this week. Okay. So, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah. RobotsRadio.net. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis, boo. Well, we're gonna learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. All right, all right, all right. Here we are. Back again. I can't believe another year's over. Like, we have a little, we have more to talk about, but I just like want to take a minute to just be like, man, this is it. Because we're going to start going quarter by quarter here. We're going to really break it down. This is, we're going to get into 2021. Dog, let's talk, man. The year in review. What do you got for us, man? All right. Well, uh, one of the, like the biggest critiques I've seen pretty much all year sounds from like, anywhere from like uh, my guilds on Xbox, guilds on PC, angry people in zone chat on Xbox, angry people on zone chat and PC, uh, Cyrodiil. Well, not really so much Cyrodiil. Cyrodiil is always angry people. You don't talk about them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, but, like, one of the biggest things is that, like, uh, it all starts for, like, the studio directors, uh, last year, like, there's year-end review for 2020 regarding the updates for 2021. And what that read was that, uh, 2020 was a, was a busy year. The busiest in a long time for ESO, 
and that understandably came with game instability, far too many bugs, and very rough update launches. But I want to highlight that in 2021, we will devote more time for overall stability and game performance and less time to game systems, with our standard content updates continuing unchanged. We now have planned for the team working remotely for roughly the first half of 2021, so that introduce fewer new systems program will continue throughout 2021. Yeah, this letter was uh, mostly widely accepted by the community, especially considering that most of the people that was affected by bad performance was the PvP players and endgame PvE players from like last year. And like some people were even like, you could like, uh, like maybe like skip a dungeon DLC so that like you can focus more on game stability and all that. And just, you know, pretty much focus on like a better 2021. And yeah, and the main thing that everyone got from that is like, oh, there's gonna be like less game systems, right? Right? We're not gonna have a bunch of like new amazing systems, but that isn't what 2021 gave us. We got like all the new systems, yeah, we really did. So, uh, for, as for like a recap of what we got in uh, tw- uh 2021. Uh, in Q1, we got the complete CP rework, and which refunded all the skill points because there was a couple of skill points bugs from Q4 of 2020. And this was actually one of the more stable system additions to the game, but it did bring a chain of console bugs that shadowed this amazing change, just like the uh, amazing changes in Q4 2020 with the light attack bug. And it is important to note that this was added to like help relieve stress in PvP since the old systems was using many, many different checks. However, with a new CP system, you would do uh it would do like flash checks, so it should be more stable. And it didn't really work, but it also it changed it changed the way how PvP worked, which was good. You know, change is sometimes good, sometimes it's bad. This was a good change. Then uh, in between Q and Q2, there's a couple major bugs on console. There's the banker bug for consoles where whenever you pull something out of the bank or guild bank, it would take several seconds to process it, like you didn't know what you were doing. And the more items in your bank made it worse. And that was a pretty odd one for like a lot of people with ESO Plus because you have like an entire, your entire bank is filled, your guild bank is filled, and... Yeah. Now they were able to fix that with a secondary patch, but that patch caused another type of problem, but that time it involved the selling to merchants and guild traders and pulling stuff out of the craft bag, which was unfixable until Q2's chapter. And the the update for it said, due to certification timing for the upcoming Blackwood chapter and ESO console enhanced, we will not have any more console incremental patches before the Blackwood and Update 30 launch. The fix for this issue will be in Update 30 on June 8th. And in the meantime, we encourage you to use the temporary workarounds for these issues. And some console players, you know, myself included, understood that this was, you know, prevent more random bugs to, you know, for a more stable chapter. And, but that wasn't what, like, uh, was seeming like a majority of console players thought so one of the big things about that update is that like people who were like very angry 
was that like the certification the certification time process which is normally like 10 to 15 days at most and the uh update was like 40 days away so that's why i guess people thought it was unreasonable and you know angry angry console players took to the forums and wrote a bunch of stuff like sauce doesn't care about console players and blah 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 blah, blah and yeah and that's pretty much wraps up like that little like section just you know console players being angry because of bugs that were pretty minor in considering of like you know the game was still running it was a huge insignificant like bug but it wasn't like game breaking so all right so uh, next up we have like q2 uh, the chapter fixed the prior bugs and was mostly stable outside like two new bugs. But it changed the amount of people allowed to be in a group to 12 for additional performance gains. Uh, one thing that I kind of like uh, would like to bring up is that it was known that the 12-man cup went amazingly well with the PvP community and uh, brought great stability that uh, PvP has never seen. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, I'd like to see them kind of like meet halfway and like put like the group cap to like 16 in all areas because like I, I don't 12 seems too small for me, especially since like you can't really have like amazing uh, what is it? Amazing like world event stuff in like zones, especially for like new zones, because you can only have like a limited amount of people. So with Q2, uh, we got Companions, and Companions are easily one of the top five grinds ESO has to offer. Uh, like Master Anger, like Master Angler level of grind. And one of the grinds is leveling Undaunted, Mages, and Fighters skill, which one of the bugs kind of made difficult because you only have four people or and Companions, so... And that was a bit uh, hard to kind of work around because you have to like wait or you have to have like people go in and out. And it was hard to do like guild events around people who wanted to like level up companions and stuff. The other one was ability bar timers. And this was based off of a PC add-on. And if you're a console player, especially DPS, this would help you a lot. Uh, the problem was that some of the skills countdowns would disappear on bar swap. One of those skills was Wall of Elements, which is usually a back bar skill for DPS. Uh, both of these systems are great additions to the game, but Ability Bar Timer's epicness got shadowed by the bug at launch. And then later, a few days after, we got uh, the Endeavor system, which works fairly well. Um, I don't really have any two complaints about that. I actually like it a lot. I know some people don't, but this is one that I'm like, hey. Endeavors are nice and easy to do, and they're, you know, it's just a nice thing to do, and you can buy, like, the different crown crate stuff with it without actually having to, like, using crown crates, or so that's nice. Yeah, I like that it gives you an alternate earnable currency instead of paid currency. I also think it's really nice, the uh, Endeavor system, because... A lot of the daily ones are often not excessively demanding, so they don't always seem as a, as a grind. A lot of times you can complete them on accident. But some of the weekly ones can kind of give you an objective, like, oh, I'm going to go clear world bosses this week, or I guess I'll get back to trying some of those arenas or whatever. So I like those too. Yeah, a lot of them, it's like uh, affect people with like 
uh, weapon poisons or kill people with weapon abilities, kill some kind of monster or like people or citizens and like class abilities and weapon abilities. So they're all like stuff that you would do. They're all stuff that you would do normally in the game and it just makes it like, oh, if you're going to be doing this in the game, you know, you're going to get rewarded for it. So it's nice. And I like that they cycle in a good amount of PvP things, but they also are usually nice enough to make it so that um, you can still hit cap without having to buy in the PvP. But I do like that they do cycle in PvP. Yeah, and uh, usually there's at least three of them that you can do inside of PvP. Whether it's like collecting resources, refining stuff, deconstructing stuff, or like repairing siege, or repairing, uh, you're dealing damage with siege, repairing walls, doing the town quest inside of Cyrodiil. So I notice a lot of times there's usually three like every day that you can do inside of a Cyrodiil. So that the PvPers who want a PvP can still complete them if they want to. Alright, so next up we have uh, Quarter 3. And this brought new sets that are aimed to be killer against ball groups or zergs. Um, the set Hrothgar was ignoring Battle Spirit, but that got fixed mid-patch, so it was just Pretty much Dark Convergence was the only big annoying set that Q3 brought in that was hitting way too high and it was bugged where it would pull, pull people off of buildings and outside of its radius and also the radius didn't always show up. So it was hitting high, it was bugged and uh, by high hitting I mean it was hitting 8k for like one person being in there which is like what a monster set would do if it was you know, a monster set, but uh, quarter three also brought uh, also brought the update for Battlegrounds to be deathmatch only, and that was going pretty good at first, and then uh, it kind of like degraded as like people were like, okay, they were kind of like done with uh, doing Battlegrounds, and and oh, and then also like during that time, New World came out, so other people were like leaving for like New World and experimenting with that as well so the other thing that q3 brought in was a new no cp campaign turn into a no cp no proxet campaign so uh, pvpers are used to switching builds around but one of the concerns with this was that we don't know if this is going to be a permanent thing or not right now it kind of seems uh permanent but quarter one also introduced the no proxets in all of cyrodiil and they said that it wasn't it was going to be like that until quarter three, but in quarter two, they reverted that change, which is nice for a mid-year to be like just a normal mid-year. We also got to see some of the quarter one CP and stat cha changes inside of the no CP campaign, like Vicious Death being brutal without CP being necessary. I felt like that was a pretty awesome change. And then in Q3, uh, they... They kind of change it so that you can't use uh, Vicious Death inside of a no CP, no proc campaign. Next up, we have uh, Q4, and that brought us the curated drops and using the collection system and the armor system for swapping gear, skill morphs, CP, and more. It also reverted the battleground changes to deathmatch and random deathmatch. Uh, starting with the armory system, there's a few minor bugs. Then one notable bug was causing everyone on PC to have to do their entire CP again after 
but that was fixed a few days after the DLC launch, and they were able to get it fixed for console players before that they uh, before it was released. So that was really good on their part. Uh, the other notably thing with the armory system is the upgrades are fifteen hundred crowns and our character base. On top of that, this assistant is five k crowns, and it kind of turned many people away from the armory system. Uh, as for me, if it was account based, I probably would have gone all out and buy like the assistant and buy like all the upgrades. But because it's character based, uh, I don't really see the need for buying a whole bunch of uh, upgrades, except for like in min max situations. But I'm not really a min max player, so I, I don't really need like all the upgrades. I bought two upgrades on my main character, but that's it. How about you, Graham? What did you, how would you? How are you using the uh, armory system? I'm still, like learning the system because I uh, I was like, oh, that sounds awesome, and I just literally never bothered with it until literally within like a week last week, uh, probably less than a week. Um, but it's been pretty interesting. I, I as I've messed around with it, I've I've learned some more uses for it, which I'm sure most people probably know by now. But like. Um, Obviously, like, my main character, my crafter, is also my tank. Whenever I have to do anything in the world by myself, it's awful. So having, like, another armory thing to swap out for, like, solo content where I can actually kill stuff, like a wolf, in a matter of seconds instead of, like, a minute is a, is a really nice thing. So in situations like that where you're doing, like, different types of tasks or quests or things. It's kind of nice. But also what's really cool that I learned about it is whenever you save a build, uh, whether it be CP stuff, uh, skills that are learned or unlearned or whatever, even if you are a vampire or not a vampire or whatever, it saves that. So you can make one of the armory slots like a reset version like you just put that one skill point or something into uh um, continuous attack for essentially like the passive rapids and then you save that and anytime you want to respec you can do it without having to pay gold you can just go there and respec all of your skills and um champion points and everything it's like a free respec slot um, so you can have like your main build that you usually go to, and you could have like a free respec for each character, or you could do something different, like a completely different role, um, which is cool. Or PvP and PvE build. So it is a really cool system, and I'm really excited about it. Um, but I haven't invested in it, and um, ha- initially I thought like, oh, it'd be really cool to have the summonable guy because then you can just do it right away. But anytime you're making a massive swap like that, like going PvE to PvP. Or going from like group content, solo content, whatever, you always have time to go back to your house. So I don't really know if I think the um, summon is really necessary, but uh, it's definitely a cool system that I can see having some useful potential. Um, it's major quality of life system that I think you can really manipulate to make to your advantage, but um, having played so many years without it, um, I don't. It's it's hard to see it as like a need, but as I'm learning more about it, I I think it's really cool. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Bob, what do you think about it? The about the armory system. The armory system 
It's definitely something that uh, it's not necessarily something I was looking forward to. It was like, oh man, this is super cool. It's something I always wanted when I played on console that I would have been, you know, really looking forward to. But just uh, on its own, still holds a lot of merit as an update that is really needed for players that don't just get to play every day on console with add-ons. And uh, outside of that, um, you know, like I said, it's something that those players have been waiting for for a long time. Something that I play is just kind of my shrug at. So there's only so many updates you can put out that are like that, uh, you know, off the rip. Yeah. To uh, kind of wrap up with the armory system, I think an improvement that they need to make is they need to put one inside of Cyrodiil. Just put, like, the entire armory system, like, at, like, for example, your DC, you put it at the northern gate by, like, all the other crafting stations and the outfit station. Uh, if they do that, I could see me at least using the uh, system a lot more, as well as many other people who play both PvP and PvE fairly often. That way you can make a PvP build or a PvE build on, like, multiple characters. Yeah, that's a good point, especially for putting it at the gates. There's no real reason why it shouldn't be allowed at all in PvP. Like, you know, if you go to the gate, there should be a little guy you could talk to or something. I mean, you know, force you to go outside of the fight to a specific area, but not just not entirely be able to do anything. Like, I still go into my gear and change it so I can head to the armory. Yeah, and, like, they also added, like, a jewelry uh, station whatever jewelry crafting came with things so it's something that they could do because they've like done it in the past so i would definitely like to see that yeah i could definitely get down on that for sure all right also with the q4 it made uh, the battleground skewable again for a death match only or a random battleground uh, the problem with this is that it's like 99.9% chance of being a deathmatch battleground because of the way that the uh, dungeon or the uh, battleground finder works. It's like, it, it's you know, you have 12 people, and unless if all 12 people are queuing up for the random battleground, then you're going to get whatever you, whatever. But if one person is in there, then the other 11 even if they're on random only, are probably going to get put in that one death match. So it's an interesting bug that hopefully they can figure out some kind of workaround for. Yeah, especially for how we're saying, like, you know, the PvP community, man. They just need, they need something. So, so let's start with a little bit of love. <laughs> let's get Battlegrounds leveled out, and then we'll go from there. Uh, the biggest thing that Q4 added was the uh, cur curated drops, which uh, for those of you who don't know how they work yet, uh, whenever you kill any boss, their drop should be curated to give you something that you need. This does not change their inherent loot pool. If a boss only drops a piece for hands, waist, or feet, it'll only give you those pieces. Uh, it's important to note that this does not work with boxes like Rewards of the Worthy, or monsters shoulder drops at the Undaunted Station. So. Or like treasure chests or any of the other, you know, random chances. So only boss drops. Uh, unfortunately, this system was pretty buggy at launch. Especially the closer you got to completing your collection. 
for a dungeon or zone uh, to kind of like name off the bugs. Uh, you had a small percentage of it just not working properly. It, it's like, I think uh, we kind of call it like the 5% chance. And then uh, the other, the second bug was the first person to loot the boss in your group had all the drops curated for that person. And then the last bug was if you got a named item, and that's what you got. There, there was no bonus drops yet. They were able to fix most of these by the console release. And at least they got the small percentage bug and the first person in your group bug. Uh, they got that fixed for the console release, which is pretty good. It, it got rid of the two major bugs, which made the system not work. So at the time of console release, the only bug was the uh, named drop bug, and if like two weeks after that they put a they put a fix to it by giving an additional drop, where if you were to get the named item, you'd also get a bonus item with it too. And then by the start of December, the curated drop system seems to be working greatly, and if you're looking through the forums, it's hard to tell if there are still bugs with the system. Or if it's just people who don't know how the system works. Because there's some people being like, I haven't gotten, or I got uh, like three, what, uh, sanctuary legs, for example. And that's because they didn't buy the sanctuary legs. And because of that, like, it's like a 50-50 chance that they just happen to get sanctuary legs three times in a row. Because they didn't bind it. Had that happened a couple times myself. But uh, I have not come across any unreasonable duplicates on my end as far as, like, uh, the curated chops work. So, how about, Bob, any, uh, you know, unreasonable duplicates, or is it working well for you? Uh, it has been working pretty well, yeah. There was definitely some moments in the early on where I was getting some duplicates, but it seems like the patches I put out in the last uh, month or so have kind of leveled it out. Other than, but there wasn't like anything that was like, oh man, I gotta go really farm for this and get it. Other than, I think, maybe like the lightning staff for Medusa or something like that I farmed for for a while. And I went and got it. Oh, and it did help for like the trials and stuff. So yeah. My experience has been positive, but I haven't taken it to my advantage enough, I suppose. But when I did, I enjoyed it. All right. How about you, Ram? How is the uh, how is the curated drop system been treating you? Um, to be honest, I, I haven't really gr- like made a grind for anything. I've just started to re-identify like, ooh, I should really work on that dungeon or this content or that to get th- this set. Um, so I haven't really noticed as much. I imagine probably one of the things that I could see myself probably forgetting to do, like if I'm grinding for something, is not binding stuff and therefore adding it to my book and therefore not eliminating it from the like pool. Because I tend to do that a lot. Like when I run dungeons is I let everything still be tradable. Like I don't bind it. And I just like keep collecting. And then when I next log in, it just auto binds everything. So... Um, I imagine that I would get a lot of dupes that way if I don't bind them, but I haven't really tried it that much, but casually just by like doing regular content, it seems to be helping me out pretty good. I haven't 
seen as many, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen any issues with it at all on my end. But also, even at its very worst, it's literally only as bad as what it has been. So it's like literally underperforming is still an advancement. Yeah. So I'm I'm cool. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the only way to advance is to advance. That was an advance and insightful. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so overall, this game has pretty much changed drastically from last Q4 Mark Garth DLC to this Q4 with a Deadlands DLC, with many really amazing new systems added. It was rough, especially like in the first half of the year on the console side of things, and then uh, like second half of the year, it was, you know. It wasn't as rough, it was a bit better. But mainly by the time like December came out, like most of the stuff was pretty like down good, like down pat. Everything was like running mainly smoothly, except for serial for like two weeks for consoles. But outside of that, like everything right now is running great. So that's good. If they didn't send out the letter saying that they were gonna focus more on stability and not new systems. I feel like there would have been a lot less negativity towards the devs pretty much all year long because, like I said, this is something that I've been seeing in guild chats pretty much all year, being like, oh, they weren't going to add more systems. Oh, look, new systems. Oh, look, more tests. And oh, look, more bugs. And it's like, I think the, I think the letter that they sent out last year was kind of like just the cause of like everybody being angry with any little thing because... They added all these amazing systems and they weren't stable at launch. But then when they started working properly, no one really appreciated them for working properly as kind of like, uh, you know, Mark Earth happened. So. So what are your overall thoughts, dog? My overall thoughts? Um, I'm definitely in the middle. I like, I definitely think it's both. I definitely think the negative should be considered. But I think it, I think if you say that was the worst year, I think you're really holding on holding on to like the 2020 letter, and uh, I don't want the negative to overshadow the amazing new systems ESO has to offer, and how much better the game will be moving forward for 2022. Okay. What are your thoughts, Bob? Well, I'm gonna let Graham squeeze his in there before I go. Well, I mean, it's hard to say in terms of, like, thinking the entire adventure of ESO, like, best year, worst year, whatever. Overall, the year, positive. Um, you know, I think, you know, content-wise, I don't know if it would be my favorite year, but it's definitely one of the better years. Um, in terms of like systems and, and improvements and stability and changes and all those things, I think even if it wasn't the most um, dramatic or ambitious year, I think it was a very um, smooth um, year. You know, even if there wasn't as much flash, I think there was a lot of attempts of stability and uh, refinement um which i think is something that's important to acknowledge so best year 
Um, I'm not sure, but I probably could be easily swayed into um, agreeing with someone towards yes. Well, that's good. A little bit of, uh, you know, like, you know, we'll start with dog and go up a bit. And then when we go, will we go up or down? I don't know. If dog didn't grant, we're going to fall in the middle. I'm going to fall at the very end of the spectrum. But you're going to be surprised because I may say that this has been the worst of the years of ESO. But it's only so they could set up 2022 to be the absolute best year. Because they took the time off to finally improve on a lot of quality of life systems we've been asking for. And the thing about big games like this, when they improve on quality of life systems, it's like, uh, it might be a huge change at first and like really something that's like hard to swallow, especially when it's something like champion points. Like I'm still like digesting a champion point change from last March. Like there's so much that goes into that. And on top of that, as it's developing, they're getting new ideas and things that they want to improve on the new system and things that they want to change plus on top of that they added new systems they edited other old systems so they did a lot of things this year that people weren't expecting a lot of extra quality of life things that weren't just like additions like oh here's a brand new thing it's like here's an update to an old thing which they really haven't taken the time to do now outside of that that's all really focusing on pve but for PvP specifically, they almost took 2021 as a year to just, I don't want to say, you know, get dump on PvP, but you, if you want to improve it, especially in their mind, you have to efficiently test it and try and root out what the core problems are that you could focus on. They wanted something to focus on. Like, you can't just quote-unquote fix pvp like they're trying to figure out what the true core problems are so they could fix it that means testing that means honestly unenjoyable gameplay like i hated pvp in most of the testing phases this year it was unenjoyable and uh, made me not want to play and not only was it just the fact that they were testing it's the fact that they would test and then they would switch to test and then they would switch to test and they would switch to test and test so you would go from having a build ready to need a new build to need a new build to need a new build like alcast does make you know update his build five times a year because of new dlcs but you know that's because he's a content creator like now we're talking normal players who just want to be good have to update their build five times this year you know, with every DLC that comes out, because there's a new test, and it's like, that's, that got to be a bit much, especially when you have multiple characters that are ready for PvP, and it's just like, by the time I get three characters ready to to go do PvP, the next update's out, and I don't, like, it's all changed again. And it's not that the entire meta or anything has changed. It's just that they're trying and testing and doing things that make it where the last build is inviolable. Because now there's not as many people in the group. Now there's not as many this. Now there's not... You can't heal people. Now you can't, uh, you know, use your champion points. Now 
process don't work now this now that oh my gosh there's just so many things that went on in not just this year but last year as well but it really you know funneled into this year that is just so much happening with pvp where you can't just feel comfortable with like all right i'm getting a pvp set built up and it should be good for a while even if they've totally nerfed one of the sets i should at least still be able to walk around in pvp and be good but with all the changes this year and the tests it did not feel like that and as someone who loves the PvP side of this game, you know, it was a major turnoff. And I think that a lot of people felt that way too. And like I said, it was necessary. I had to feel that way. Everyone had to feel that way. We've been playing on long enough. We needed a break. They needed to observe and they needed to find out what was really going on. And, uh, you know, you learn a bit you know less than if you just observe the entire time but you know they were pretty much specifying and setting out like saying hey we understand this needs work we're gonna do this work like we're gonna at least start trying and you know uh showing you that this is something we still care about so feel like i'm starting to ramble but it is important and uh that's that's kind of what i feel like where 22 or 2021 was at it may have been one like the worst year of eso but it only is because they cared so much about it that they wanted to take 2021 and put out all the things that they've been working on so they could start improving on them from here on out yeah, uh, some of the changes, like I think the CP, the companions, the uh, curated jobs, like all that has been stuff that they've been like wanting to do for like years. And, like, like they said that they were like, you know, like this has been in the works for like li literal years. And they're like this year was like they just pushed it all out. And it was buggy at first, but now that they have everything fixed, it's going to bring to an overall better. 22 or 2022 experience you know i think that was a pretty good summation um you know uh worst year um even if you say yes uh it's in a context of hope all right so it looks like that is gonna be it for our fun 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 wrap it up of the year episode 2021 it's over, my friends. It was a great ride. We put out... Uh, get like 20, 25, 26? Almost 30 episodes this year. Not as much as last year. But maybe we'll, uh, we'll put out more next year. So you never know. You just have to keep in tune. Now, we not only had dogged on this episode, but we had Graham... Thank you very, very much for joining us once again, my dude. Always appreciate it. Dogged, why don't you tell everyone where they could find uh, our show on all the social medias, and if they want to come play with us, rate us on Spotify, do all the cool things. Like, what, where, man, where do they go? 
All right. Uh, you can find us on Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us on our ESO, PC, or Xbox field of Heirs of the Red Diamond, which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. If you check our show notes, you can find links to our merch store, our awesome sponsors, our music producer, and our, you know, very good friends over at ESO-Hub.com who include us on their weekly podcast updates, and we include them on our Telling You Cool Things to Go Check Out weekly because we love them and they do a great job and they love us and we do a great job. And if you also think we do a great job, you should hit us up on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review and words, and you will get... You could even choose, like, Bob, Dog... You could choose Graham. I will drag his freaking butt over here just to read your review. I'll pay him. Although I don't care what a guy, what I gotta do, I'll get Graham over here, and or any of it. You could like go ahead, just like listen to anybody who's ever been on the Red Diamond. Go ahead, I'll find them and they will read their view. I'm just kidding. Please don't do that. Just choose dog. He's cool. Um, but leave us a review. And like I said earlier, Spotify has new rating system. And we want to be the number one ESO-rated podcast on Spotify. And we got some good competition. And plenty of it is over at our friends at Robots Radio. So, let's get to number one, people. The only way we can get number one is through y'all. So, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for rating us. Thank you for everything. Grammaton Dryad. The one dude who is our absolute other best friend, who will always come join us on the show when we need him. My dude, these people love you. They want to hang out with you. Where can they find you when you're not on our show? Well, you can find me on Xbox, uh, on Steam, on Twitch, on Twitter. All is Grammaton Dryad. Sometimes there's a space, sometimes an underscore. If you literally go to Google and you attempt and you misspell Grammaton Dryad, you'll find me. They'll either autocorrect or like just the association, you'll find me. And uh, if you find my Twitter, my uh, Twitch is there. And uh, you can come talk to me whenever I'm streaming, whatever. And we can uh, we can hook up. In the successful future, Bob, we'll also have Grammaton's links in the show notes. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but... I won't have dogs links in the show notes. So dog, you you should tell them where they can find you. Alright, you can find me on Xbox, Twitter, ESOPC, all at dogbark24. And if you're looking for me, it's going to be Xbox, ESOPC, Twitter, Twitch, all over the place. Alright, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Dog and Graham, for coming to hang out. It was a hell of an episode and a fantastic week and we hope you guys have a great new year man this is it last time in 2021 uh man i'm getting all the feels as we sign off should i start rambling in no i should leave it all right thank you guys thank you so much have a great week have a great new year yeah have a good new year bye
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast. My name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Arrgh.